Welcome to today's broadcast of Sun, Salt, and Light. Sun, Salt, and Light, S-O-N, knowing and growing in your daily relationship with Jesus Christ, but also being the salt and the light in your marriage, in your family, at your place of work, at your church, and even in the community you're in. I'm Pastor Michael Petit. This is a radio ministry of our church, Calvary Chapel Divine, here in Divine, Texas. We are so glad that you joined us for today's broadcast. We are a Calvary Chapel, so we simply teach the Bible verse by verse, chapter by chapter. We believe that God uses His Word to transform, restore, and to change lives one verse at a time. If you're visiting our area, you'd like to get information about our church or church service times, maybe even track down some of the other teachings that we have available through podcasts, whether it's through Audible or Spotify or Apple Podcasts, you can do all of that at our church website at calvarydivine.org. That's calvarydivine.org. If you have your Bibles ready today, we will be in the book of Matthew, chapter 2, verses 1 through 23. I simply entitled this, In the Days of Herod. In the days of Herod, we'll actually look at the response of the birth of Christ through the eyes of Herod, the religious leaders, and the Magi. And here is the second half of this two-part study. And not only that, they bring gifts. It says, Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, uh, gold and frankincense and myrrh. Now the gold actually is going to help them as they need to get to Egypt, uh, and we'll learn about that as well. Uh, because the angel of the Lord tells him, y'all need to get out of here, y'all need to go to Egypt, um, because what Herod was going to do. Uh, and, and so we see the gifts. The frankincense uh, is the gift for a priest. It's anointing oil. Uh, and so that's very important to understand. And so um, uh, when you receive the frankincense, it's actually um, it's from a tree, and they have to slash the tree and it actually bleeds out tears like blood. And, and so it's, it, there's a more to that, you know, when you study it. And, and so I would definitely uh, ask you to do that. But I think the biggest thing that you need to get from it, because the high priest, uh, the chief priest, you think about uh, Jesus being the chief priest, um, is the myrrh. You know, he has the frankincense as the chief priest identifying that, that he is the, uh, the chief priest. And then you have the myrrh. The myrrh was actually used for embalming. It was used for embalming. And so it, it signifies his death. So what do we have? We have that he was put in swaddling clothes, right? So when the, when the lowly shepherds come, the, pers- the people who first to hear it, and this is uh, something else as I was studying this, is the specific place where they would take the sheep, the sheep for the temple, when they were born, is they would wrap them in swaddling clothes to make sure they stayed without blemish, and that was the place they would pull um, to sacrifice, that the sheep would be pulled from the place where Jesus was born to be sacrificed. And here we have the gift of myrrh, which signifies his sacrifice and death. That he would death, and that would fulfill the promise some 700 years, that prophecy that was written some 700 years before that in Isaiah chapter 60, verse 6. A multitude of camels shall cover you, the young camels of uh, Midian and Ephah. All those from Sheba shall come, and they shall bring gold and frankincense, and shall bring good news and praise the Lord. How come the myrrh is not there? Because he would have already died 
and then resurrected. And so on the on the second coming, that they're not going to need the the myrrh because uh, he's already been resurrected. Uh, he's already defeated death. There's so much like when you study the Bible, it should excite you because you see stuff like that. And oh man. I couldn't plan that on my best day. Uh, I couldn't even come up with that. And so, like, even the thing for the frankincense, for the chief priest, it's just amazing when you study the Bible. That's why you should get excited about being in it. Uh, the, the, the Advent story and the responses are so important. Verse 12, And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. So they're warned in a dream. God communicates to them, and, and that's... You know, we know that happens in Daniel. Uh, but he also is going to communicate to Joseph. It says, Now when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Rise, take the child and his mother, and flee to Egypt, and remain there until I tell you, for Herod is about to search for the child to destroy him. And he rose and took the child and his mother by night and departed to Egypt. So the money that was given by the Magi is actually going to be used to get Jesus to, to Egypt. And, and that's such an important thing. And, and that goes back to Hosea 11, verse 1. That's another prophecy that's fulfilled. Hosea 11, verse 1 says, When Israel was a child, I loved him, and out of Egypt I called my son. Verse 15, And remained there until the death of Herod. This was to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Out of Egypt I called my son. He's quoting Hosea 11, verse 1. That fulfilling prophecy. It's amazing. I love that. And then uh, let's, let's just keep moving here. Let's keep going. Verse 16, Then Herod, when he saw that he had been tricked by the wise men, so Herod gets, <laughs> you know, he kills people when he, you know, when, when anything happens. So unfortunately, this is probably the saddest part of the, the Advent stories, these next few scriptures. It says that he had been tricked by the wise men, became furious. Can I tell you, men who don't want to lose power, people who don't want to lose power, uh, their sin is worn on their sleeve. They get angry very easy. Um, they're agitated very easy. Um, they're furious. And, and, and we see his anger go from anger to wrath. Remember what I told y'all. Uh, if you've ever lived with anybody, uh, a parent, I've had parents that were that way. My wife has had parents that way where it goes from anger to wrath very quickly. And I tell you, like anger to wrath, wrath is like a shotgun blast. It leaves a lot of physical damage and uh, uh, not only hurts the person, but it also leaves physical damage throughout uh, the house. And so a lot of us grew up with that. A lot of us grew up with people like Herod. Uh, maybe some, some of you are working for people like Herod. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's sad. You need to be praying for him. You need to be praying for him. And he sent and killed all the male children in Bethlehem and in all that region who were two years old and under, according to the time that he had asserted um, from the wise men, then was fulfilled what was spoken by the prophet Jeremiah. A voice was heard in Ramah weeping loud in lamentation rachel weeping from her children she refused to be comforted because they are no more and that's actually quoted in jeremiah chapter 31 verse 15 and in jeremiah 31 verse 15 and unfortunately that is one of the saddest prophecies um that's fulfilled because all these children were killed and 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 it was all because of pride pride 
It's a, a very prideful man who's hanging on to power, and Herod is a picture of the world today. The devil knows that it's done. Death has been defeated. The devil's time is limited. Um, that's why we see the world in such chaos right now. And, and we, we have, uh, to me, when I read this, Herod is a picture of the world. You know, they want to hang on to power. And, and right now we're seeing, unfortunately, a party that wants to do whatever it wants to do to hang on to power. And it's sad because it's very prideful, it's very rebellious. Um, you know, we are a nation that was built upon um, the Lord. Uh, our, our founding fathers were, I mean, even the two <laughs> atheists were like, we have to have structure. And the only way you get that is through the Word of God. I mean, where do we get the law from? Uh, you know, the law is established by God. And, and so our nation needs to turn back to God. But that's what a prideful, rebellious heart gives you. In James chapter 4, verse 6, it says, But he gives more grace. Therefore, he said, God resists the proud, but give grace to the humble. You need to be humbled and, and be humble. In James chapter 4, verse 4, You adulterous people, do you not... Know the friendship with the world is enmity with God. Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. And we were all enemies of God at one point. We talked about that in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. And you were dead in your trespasses and sins, in which once you walked through the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, you followed the devil. And some of you may get offended by me saying that, but that's the reality of it. And the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience. We were all sons and daughters of disobedience, among whom we all lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of our body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. That's what we are. In John chapter 8, verse 44, you are the father of the devil, and the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him when he speaks a lie he speaks from his resources for he is a liar and the father of it the devil has has always wanted to be worshiped here you have the magi who were sorcerers who who were being controlled you know by the enemy by the devil god calls him out 900 miles to come and worship his son the devil doesn't even worship Jesus, but he knows about Jesus, and all the demons do. But he is the father of lies, and you need to be very careful that you don't end up end up following the things of this world. And just remember that Herod is a picture of this world. Herod was a descendant of Esau, and the Jews despised him, uh, the, the descendants of Esau. There, again, the illustration uh, of of the Jewish people in jail in Jericho and they had a sister had them executed and they would have mourning on his death to seem he was cared for yet she refused so when we think about the descendants of Esau they're they're really a picture of the world in Hebrews chapter 12 verses 16 and 17 says that no one is sexually immoral or unholy like who Esau who sold his birthright for a single meal he was a picture of the world. He, he cared more about the world than he did about his birthright, about following God. 
For you know that afterward, when he desired to inherit the blessing, he was rejected. For he had no chance to repent, though he sought it with tears. And you know there is going to come a time when you won't have a chance to repent. There's going to come a time when, when, the, when Jesus returns and you won't have a chance to repent. There's going to be a time when you reject Jesus here on earth. And by the time that you realize that he's real and that you should have repented, it's too late. I was listening to Jack Hibbs on the radio today and he said, Do you understand like right now if you, if you had a microphone in hell, how many people would try to tell you? that heaven is real, that Jesus is real, that you need to repent of your sins, that you don't need to come here, it would be echoed, echoed. But you still won't listen because you love darkness more than you love light. First John chapter 2, verse 15 and 17 says, Do not love the world or the things of the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, this is the key, the desires of the flesh, the desires of the eyes, and the pride of life is not from the Father, but is from the world. And the world is passing away along with its desires, but whoever does the will of God abides forever. Do you understand why the world looks like it's just falling apart? It's because we have people who are desiring the flesh, desiring the, uh, the desires of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, they're desiring those things and the pride of life controls them and dictates and moves them and 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 that's why the world is passing away the way that it is is because we we've seen just a pivot of people that have just turned from god that don't want nothing to do with his word don't want nothing to do with god um and and it's sad to see but if you're a follower of christ that shouldn't be you Verse 19, as we close this up, But when Herod uh, died, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt, saying, Rise and take the child and his mother and go to the land of Israel, for those who sought the child's life are dead. And those who took the child and his mother and went to the Lord of land of Israel. I love Joseph's response. He is a just man. He is obedient and does what he is told to do by God. Like the angel of the Lord tells him, God sends the angel of the Lord to tell Joseph, and Joseph's like, all right, we're out to Egypt, pack it up, we're out, going to Israel, pack it up. But when they heard the, of, of Oculus, um, the reigning over Judah in the place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. And being warned in a dream, he withdrew to the district of Galilee, and he went and lived in a city called Nazareth. So that was spoken by the prophets might be fulfilled that he would be called a Nazarene. Again, another prophecy that's fulfilled here. I love that. Joseph obeys. If you love me, keep my commandments. Right? If you love me, keep my commandments. And as I said, it, does anything good come out of Nazareth? Right? Is there anything good that comes out of Nazareth? Yeah, the Messiah. The Messiah, because the prophet said the Messiah would come from there. So are you going to keep his commandments? I guess the biggest thing to take from this teaching tonight is, you know, I didn't go really into the, um, the story so much as, as far as Herod. It's heartbreaking to know that all those kids were killed. And you can listen to my teaching on Sunday. I spoke about abortion. I spoke about um, 
the children that are uh, they're they're I mean, our this administration has paid a, a friend over six hundred million dollars to run a um, a foster care system, and ch- the children are missing. Um, and we're complicit as a nation. We have blood on our hands, and uh, our taxpayer money has been paying for abortions and um, in foreign countries as well. Um, and, and so, when you start studying that, you, you start to see that King Herod. It's a sad story, but the story of America doing it is even worse. We sold body parts of babies. We, we were doing testing on those body parts in the University of Pittsburgh. They got caught doing it. Dr. Fauci signed off on it. Think about it. They took livers and different organs to do testing on it, on aborted babies. We, we make King Herod look like a kitty cat. The United States is is sadly chasing after the following the, the, the acts of the devil that's roaring around like a lion. That's us allowing these things to happen in our world. And um, it's really sad to see. It's really sad to see. What I would say to you is this very simply is, you know, as Christmas is over and you've had time to kind of, you know, it's been a couple of days since Christmas. You watch the kids open presents, and that lasts, what, 30 minutes, if that. It's that quick. I, I was at the house today and um, with the grandkids, and the presents were all in the corner, toys everywhere, and the kids aren't, weren't even playing with the toys anymore. And, and I was thinking to myself, you know, how many of my kids were, were lust of the eyes and they wanted something and saw it? And they got it, and once they got it, it was kind of like, ah, it's all right, right? It's all right. But that's how we are, you know? Um, But what's your response? You know, when you think about your response, you know, there's a beautiful piece of Scripture where Jesus asked, you know, the question, who do you say that I am? And I believe that every one of us have to answer that personally. So are you like King Herod, where your response is, I don't want nothing to do with this Messiah. I want him out of my life, and I want him dead. I want him completely gone. I don't even, I don't even have to know about him. Like, I want to know that he's not even here. You know, and, I, and I've said that. God is a gentleman. He's not going to force himself on you. You don't want to follow him. You have free will just like I do. See, it's funny how I can say that, but you won't give me that same back and forth when it comes to pro-Palestinian stuff or when it comes to um, uh, LGBTQIA or transitioning. It's like you, you want me to have to accept that, and it goes against what I believe. I, 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 I have no, in my head, when I think about Hamas, I have no idea in my head they're, they're worse than King Herod. They, they killed children in their cribs. They burned them. They raped girls. They raped one child uh, and the mother while they held a gun to the father's head and made them watch. And yet you're pro-Palestinian. I don't get it. I don't get it. What we see happening to Israel is, is, is a shame. But God's not done with Israel. And God help you if you come against Israel. That's something to think about. But when we look at these things that happen with Herod, you have the response of, we don't want anything to do with God. We don't want anything to do with you Christians. We don't want anything to do with your Jesus. That's what the world is. 
That's the world. And that's Herod's response. Prideful, anger to wrath, rebellious, disobedient. I'm going to do what I want to do. And God will give you up to a debased mind. Read chapter 1 of Romans. And you can read about that. That's the reality of it. Is your response like the religious leaders? You know the Word of God, but you're not going to follow it. You know, I wonder how many people today, um, if God reveals Himself to you tonight, would believe. Because I'm thinking to myself, they have the Word of God. They study the Word of God. They have the star. They know the place. They know it's Bethlehem. They knew the Scripture. And yet they didn't, their faith never had action. There was never any action behind their faith because they were more fearful of the response of, of Herod. Remember we talked about Joseph's faith last week as Joseph's faith was ignited by the fear of the Lord. And he was obedient to God and he went. Not, not the religious leaders. They knew the word of God. They knew the place of his birth. They had the star. And they allowed the fear of Herod to keep them from going to worship the Messiah. And yet, the Magi's response was, here are these pagans, right? This is a beautiful part of it. It's like, here's these pagans who don't even, they're worshiping false gods in Babylon, some 900 miles away. And they're traveling day and night, day and night. And they fall and they worship Jesus. What a great response. What a great response. And you have, you have Joseph's response is again one of obedience. He was a just man, and we need more of them in our, in, our, in our world today. We really do. We need more godly men, men that will stand for the Word of God, uh, that will lead their families by the Word of God, that will live marriages that are godly and uh, bring um, light to this dark world. Herod was prideful, didn't worship Jesus. The religious leaders didn't go and worship Jesus. And guess what? Satan didn't fall on his knees and worship Jesus either. He tempted them. Don't fall into those patterns. Um, your response to the birth of Christ is very important. Who do you say that I am? Christ asked that question, and it's a personal question that we all have to ask. Like, who, do you, who is Christ to you? And as a believer, you should be able to answer that question. Who is Christ to you? Have you drifted? Is there something that's pulling you away from God's Word? Is there something that's pulling you away from fellowship? Away from, from the presence of God? Or, it, or, or is your relationship with God, your marriage, your family, your church fellowship, are you pulling closer to the Word of God and closer to fellowship and closer to worshiping Him in obedience? That's what we should be doing. So if there's something going on in your life that's pulling you from God, you need to deal with that tonight. You need to deal with that tonight. You need to ask God for forgiveness. Repent and turn back and start following Him. Okay? It's, it's that simple. Great story in the Bible. I hope this helps you. Um, I hope I didn't shake the table too much. Um, I want to pray with you before we go. I know we went a little bit long, but I think I started just a little bit late. Um, I, I hope that you had a very Merry Christmas. I hope to see you uh, Sunday at 10 o'clock. We'll be uh, 10 o'clock service at uh, the VFW, post uh, 3966 at uh, 
I'm trying to think of the address. It's right next to the Divine Post Office, and we're there at 10 o'clock. We, we want you to come. We want you to come. Just because Christmas is over doesn't mean that I did my obligation of showing up on Christmas Eve. Hey, come to church. Come to church. Come get in the Word. Come worship God. I mean, think about it. The, the Magi went 900 miles, right? 900 miles. It took them months to get to Jesus, but yet they wanted to worship the Messiah. And the religious was only six miles away and didn't go worship the Messiah. Go to church. If you don't go to our church, get plugged into a church that teaches the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, verse by verse. We have a ton of great churches in the area in Lytle, Natalia, and Divine. And uh, I, my main thing is I want you in church. I want you to be growing and uh, knowing our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and maturing. Um, that's the biggest thing. That's why we call it Sun Salt Light Radio. We want you to know and grow in our Son and Savior Jesus Christ. Uh, the Savior, and um, and we want you to, to be the salt and the light in, in your marriage, in your family, uh, in your church, and in this community. That's, a, that's our prayer. That's our prayer. Well, that concludes today's broadcast of Sun, Salt, and Light Radio. We hope that you enjoyed it. If you'd like to submit a prayer request or get in contact with us or find out service times, you can do all of that at our website, uh, as well as get uh, our podcast at Spotify, Audible, TuneIn Radio, pretty much wherever you can find a podcast. Uh, you, you can just type in Sun, Salt, and Light, and you'll find it. 